Hello and welcome back to the Scottish Games Network podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Ryan. I'm Brian. I'm Andrew. And introducing a brand new host, we have Seb. Can I just say that was the best intro I think I've ever heard. Mine take about 45 goes, so I am like bow to the king. <laughs> oh, I mean, do you know what? Uh, flattery will gain you points, I'll tell you that. So uh, yeah, everyone say hello to Seb in the comments. Um, it's a pleasure to have you. It's great to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me. And uh, you better get used to it, folks, because uh, Seb is going to be a part of the team moving forward. So Seb, it's lovely to welcome you here. Um, can you tell the lovely listeners a little bit about yourself because this isn't your first podcast no it's it's not um so i i i would say i'm feeling new i've been doing podcasting for about a year now um got got into it when i moved up to scotland from auckland interviewing sort of business people um worked my way into and through the games industry so pocket sized hands glitches and a bunch of others hanging out with those guys and did a mini series looking at you know how we can get more people, businesses included, involved in the games industry. What that looks like. Why people? Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? What's the? Oh what's the hell rule yes. Yeah. yeah. So instead of looking at why people don't really give a fuck about you know the games industry in the way that they should, considering how much money it's worth. So that was kind of my first um, foray into it in this side of the world. Uh, but before that, I played around in the Auckland esports t- uh, scene a little bit. Didn't play myself. I'm absolutely dreadful, uh, but it's you know good to be around this. It's good to be around people that are smarter and better at you than something, I think. Oh, well, hold on to your hats because it only gets smarter and bigger from this point forward. And um, yeah, I was I was one of the lucky bunch that, uh, that you spoke to. Um, really to kind of start drilling down and, and figuring out what the hell this this whole games industry, this games ecosystem is in Scotland. And um, it was one of the more um, rewarding and satisfying interviews I've done because it was really an opportunity to, to just kind of say, look, we've, we've got so much cool stuff happening up here and why the hell isn't, uh, you know, isn't anyone paying attention? And and it directly inspired this the creation of this podcast. So thank you right back. And uh, that's probably enough backslapping for the time being before uh, the lovely listeners start quietly vomiting onto their <laughs> smartphones and indeed laptops. This is quite cyclical, so welcome isn't it? Board. You know, the, um, Seb kind of inspired this podcast and then now he's now on the show. So, I mean, where are we going to go from here? It, it's all going to become one big insular and incestuous kind of backslapping exercise. <laughs> uh, but you know what? It's the games industry. That that's kind of what uh, what it's all about. Um, no, it absolutely won't. We've got some big plans. We've got some big plans. But also, we have to say, folks, that it is the end of an era because this is the last official appearance of Mister Ryan Duff as our multimedia hostess with the mostess and uh, the 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 glittering guru and um, you know interactive ringmaster who's made the podcast what it is thus far and we haven't kicked ryan off just because you know he's a vastly annoying little pipsqueak who um shaved off his tint in here so we can't even sort of call him that anymore no sadly ryan has come to the end of his three-month work placement with the scottish games network and thinks he can just swan off back to university yeah, I know. Who wants to get an education, right? But do you know I'm gonna take I I'm gonna take everything you said there and I think it's gonna strongly influence some form of bio or description of me somewhere online. I might drop pipsqueak and hostess with the mostess, but you know, 
yeah, sort of media ringmaster thing's got a bit of a ring to it. I think we're going to definitely take that one. So, I mean, if you want to just keep firing these out, then you're really going to help the future business cards, I'll tell you. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I expect to see that on your LinkedIn profile and your Twitter bio in the very, very near future. I recently um, updated my Twitter bio, actually. So, I mean, I'm, I, yeah, we've missed the, go, uh, the boat a wee bit. Uh, I changed it from games journalist to what my girlfriend affectionately calls this job, which is professional nerd. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, essentially, that's that's what I am. Like, um, you know, the job is write about video games. So I was like, yeah, that's a more apt description than what I've put down already. So yeah, it could just keep get, keep getting built upon. Professional nerd, media ringmaster, bring it on. You 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 know that you can change it whenever you want, right? It, yeah, it's not, but not I feel like once a year. I feel like professional nerd hasn't properly had its time in the the spotlight yet, so might update it in a few months. You're gonna go <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> oh yeah, we we predict great things, great things, especially after the glowing review I wrote on your uh, on your your report for the university. So. You know, it's the case of whiskey, the, you know, the, 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 the six pack of beer, all the things that you're planning to send, I'll stick my address uh, on an email and you can get those in the post to me right now. Of course. Uh, well, maybe at the end of the, maybe at the end of the podcast. So yeah, so I think we all owe Ryan a, a big round of applause and a big thank you because without him, this podcast would have remained a pipe dream and I would have been talking about it or probably you know cursing about it this time next year as something that i really should have got my shit together and done during lockdown one two or three so ryan thank you thank you for bringing us kicking and screaming into the 20th century ah oh, shucks now i'm oh, now i'm <laughs> blushing jeez you know you you know how to treat a guy <laughs> That's the, that is very much the case. That is very much the case. But please, um, folks, don't think that you've seen the last of Ryan. He is going to remain part of the team. He's going to be here. Obviously, he's going to have to focus on his university work. Otherwise, his mum will come around and have words. But he's still going to be online. He's still going to be on YouTube. You're going to be able to see him streaming. And as and when he can devote any time to the Scottish Games Network, he is always welcome back to delight you with his take on the rapidly evolving world of gaming yeah. as it exists in Scotland. Yeah, like a bad penny, SGN just can't get rid of me. So yeah, don't <laughs> don't think that you're getting rid of me just yet. You know, if you're think if you're listening to this and going, thank God we've got rid of Ryan, I'm still gonna be on the channel, like the YouTube channel, at least once a week, um, depending on uni sort of coursework and all that, I might be in and around there a couple more times. And yeah, on the website as and when I can. So it's, yeah, I'm sticking around. I'm not quite leaving yet. And we'll be all the stronger for it. Now, shut up, Ryan. Because <laughs> we're going to move on. Right? We're going to keep stick to the current format um, for this. And then we're going to have a bit of a discussion at the end about where we take this next. Because, um, you know, a new team, time of change, evolution, yada, yada, yada. But we'll come to that. So first of all, Let's get into the news. Uh, you may have noticed that we missed last week thanks to a combination of COVID vaccinations, um, freak weather and a bizarre yachting accident. But uh, we'll, we'll come to that <laughs> probably towards the end. Uh, 
so news over the last week uh it was it was quite diverse and eclectic wasn't it yeah i've been kind of viewing this from the outside in because i unlike usual because you know i've been doing uni work and stuff so i've not really been doing much behind the scenes you know producing stuff for sgn so reading um like what's been getting posted yeah it's definitely been a wide range of stories like over the past not just week but two weeks because we're going to be covering everything we missed in between last episode and now but it's going to be a rapid fire non-stop kind of quick turnaround thing because quite frankly it's a beautiful sunny spring evening out there in scotland um it's not due to snow for at least another 16 17 minutes so we're going to rattle through this and then we're all going to go outside and get some vitamin d so in reverse order, uh, one of the one of the stories from the last week was the announcement that our friends at Glitchers have a new game on the market, and that's Drive By. Uh, now that's going to be uh, that's like an intriguing combination of uh, high octane car racing and being a yodel delivery driver. Yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had with that sort of format. I've been playing recently, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, a totally reliable delivery service. It's on PlayStation right now, quite cheap. I think it's down to about five, six quid. And it's it's a game where it's just a series of like little missions with an open world. And you play as this sort of wee, poorly rendered guy that sort of bobbles about and you can pick up delivery jobs and drive around and sort of, you know, like you've got to take part packages from one location to another. Missions range from like, don't damage it to get it there as quickly as possible and stuff. And it's been a hell of a lot of fun. And so I can see this being one I'm going to lose quite a bit of time in. It's kind of like Death Stranding with a car, or is that the, the well, idea here? Well, <laughs> from, yeah, essentially, from what I've seen, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually I'm super excited about Drive By. So I haven't played it yet, which I'm ashamed to say. Uh, but just found out today that it's got something like 60 levels in each season. So it's like even if you wanted to play, this sounds like a plug. It's totally not. But if you're like me and you you know you mostly play solo or whatever, and you don't want to jump into party games all the time, it sounds like there's still a load of cool stuff to get stuck into. So I think that's going to be. If Hades doesn't kill me, that's going to be my weekend. I think. When you spoke to Glitchers, um, did, did you speak about drive-by at the time? A little bit. Um, we also talked about like how you'd survive the zombie apocalypse. So it was quite a <laughs> wide-ranging uh, conversation. Well, how were they feeling about? It? I mean, obviously it's out now, and it's uh, it seems like it's doing really well. It looks it looks fantastic. What, what what were they saying about it then during development? Yeah, they were, I mean, they were super excited about it. So from my understanding, drive-by is their first and their first IP, right? So usually they've been sort of acting on the agency side of making games. And so for Max and the team, it was a whole big thing about if we can really land drive-by as something that people invest in, we can slowly push away from working on the agency side. So I think for them, there's a lot of hope into the game. Um, and there's definitely a lot of excitement. I mean, you talk about 60 levels per season, like they've sunk, you know, what must be thousands of man hours in, into building this thing. So I think for them, it's a, it's a real like line in the sand, you know? Well, I was just going to ask if this is their first one that they've released since coming to Scotland. Yes. As we all know, they moved they moved up here during the sort of March lockdown, decided that, you know, they were going to do the whole fully remote thing. And I think it's no small feat pulling off a, a game 
like in that kind of environment, you know, like I get that tech people are generally well set up to just kind of take a laptop and go home. But I think that whole sort of collab level is pretty impressive. Sure. It is indeed. It is indeed. And and based on some of their previous work, you know, they've done quite a lot in and around the areas of education, healthcare. Uh, you know, they did See Hero Quest, which um, helped to actually produce clinical research data, or sorry, research data into uh, the causes and the early indicators of dementia. And so I think this is a game where they've just been able to have fun with it. And, and, you know, just concentrate on the, the sheer balls out, zoom around the city, blow stuff up and throw packages through people's front windows. But, you know, what like, what is there better to do than that? Well, it was a classic when uh, Paperboy came out in the sort of the, the early 1980s and it and it's stood the test of time. It's very death race meets, meets Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> there we go that's the tagline they should have used oh okay glitchers you know i've just i've just left a, a lucrative uh gaming job you know if you want me for your community management thing you know? <laughs> this could be a whole new direction for you ryan a whole new direction okay moving swiftly on we then had a Ryan, Andrew, you teamed up and spoke to the awesome Elsonen from Junkfish about uh, the company, the studio, Monstrum 2, and everything thereof. So how did that go? Yeah, speaking of community management, actually, that ties us in quite nicely because that's uh, Elsonen's job over at uh, Team Junkfish. So we spoke a little bit about what they do within the company as a whole, but also just the development process within Monstrum and what it means to be a community manager and, you know, sort of like the, the jobs that entail and sort of like the misconceptions around it. It's, it was really interesting sitting down and talking to her. And we learned some really cool things about Monstrum, like how they QA tested and stuff like, you know, they, they handpicked, I think it was eight people to sort of like eight people from their Discord community that were like the most dedicated fans and brought them on board, you know, like got them to sign NDAs and then they played it before even the like the alpha and sort of helped them sort of iron out any glitches and stuff. But then they seemed like, like at least Elton and seemed like she was quite happy to like laugh at their their sort of like pitfalls as well as sort of celebrate their successes you know she was more than happy to tell us about her favorite glitches that uh, the QA team had found and stuff like that it was, just, it was a really fun and just light-hearted conversation about a job in the games industry that isn't talked about too much ironically considering it's all to do with communication yeah for sure I, I totally agree with that kind of having that intimate relationship with the community where um generally the more of the, the kind of triple A attitude is kind of we're making our game and it's kind of a bit secretive and you don't really find out about it until it's time. Whereas with this, with them being like a smaller team, you know, the, like you're saying, like not hiding the sort of mistakes, you're sort of bringing the community along with you, right? They see it at every stage. And, uh, it's maybe not, maybe there's only a, a core kind of group of people who that experience appeals to, but for them, like they're getting so much about that and like maybe they're interested in development themselves or something like that and they get to see you know how this process goes through and then at the end of it all they're the ones that are going out and telling everyone else to play the game which is like really essential for a multiplayer thing right so um it was just really cool to hear about that process as you say 
And uh, side note, I only realised afterward, after we, you know, recorded the interview, how big of a Kingdom Hearts fan Elton and what uh, Elton and is. And I'm gutted I didn't sit down and talk to her about it because the more people I could speak to about Kingdom Hearts, the better. Okay, okay. Let's not squee all over the airwaves quite yet. <laughs> we've got more to get on. Um, but you can you can check that out on uh, the Scottish Games Network YouTube channel. You can uh, tune in on the podcast channel. Wherever you pick up your Scottish Games Network content, it's there and we highly recommend it. Uh, so moving onwards, then we had a quite strange uh, array of of stories to to k- kick off the week. The first being that Dundee has been voted one of the twenty one most futuristic places in the world, alongside mm. the middle of the TARDIS and uh, the black hole <laughs> that sits at the beating heart of our Prime Minister's skull. Um, beating heart of his skull. That didn't make okay, a lick of sense. Sure that, not even <laughs> it's not really so fantastic about okay, that either. We're talking about Dundee being voted one of the most futuristic places on the face of the planet. I don't think there's anything about this that really makes sense. <laughs> but uh, but it's true. It's it's actually been voted one of the one of the most um innovative places on the planet. Now, this isn't the first time Dundee has been making the sort of the top 10 in, in terms of, of creative hubs and uh, digital technology hubs for the last several years. But I think it was a real testament to the city's kind of rebirth and reinvention because I've worked there on and off since the mid 1990s. And when I started going there at first, it was a howling concrete wilderness. <laughs> um, you know, it, this was pre Aberty University even existing. So, you know, it, it's come on leaps and bounds. I mean, it's got its own V&A now. It's got a futuristic kind of, you know, landing pad on the side of the Tay for UFOs. Um, it's got it going on, man. Yeah. You know, just, just imagine what will happen once it becomes, a, you know, a thriving 5G test bed as well. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, you know, it's this comes off the back of what we reported on a couple of weeks back about how... Yeah, they've been approved for becoming this five G test bed. They are like they always seem they always seem to be at the forefront of technology within Scotland, not just within like the games industry, but yeah, it's just with like tech in general, which is really you know like that sort of showcased in this sort of listing here, which is just yeah, it's, I mean it's great. Hats off to them, you know. And as I've said before, as an Aberdonian, I love taking the piss out of Dundee, but we've got to accept when they're when they're succeeding and they're definitely winning right now. I was just going to say, not to sound like I'm like um, springboarding off, off Ryan's fantastic put down, but do we know how much of the futuristic stuff is influenced by Rockstar and, you know, Minecraft and sort of all those, those bigger names kind of distorting it slightly? I know that's well, not no, no, not at all. But I mean, Rockstar hasn't been in the city since since it became Rockstar North. You know, the the, the first thing they did was up sticks and move to Edinburgh, um, which we covered in all of the hilarious anecdotes prior to recording. It's sorry, folks, you're never going to hear any of those until at least five different people around the world die, um, or every lawyer is uh, abducted by aliens. Um, but uh, no, it, it, it's not really been the sort of the, the, the giants. It, it's an overall cluster effect. You know, it's the fact that there's such a concentration of innovation, of technology and creativity. And it 
really did in the report itself it actually highlighted so many of the things you know the games industry is only one part of this it's a much broader range of reasons that it's that it's now um as important to the future of the human race as uh, you know a, a covid vaccine yeah, I saw that that they were mentioning life sciences in in the piece as well. But it, something about the piece that I just have to ask about because it made me chuckle uh, was a quote about they say it's a rising star in the in the experience economy. What is the experience economy? It means going outside and doing shit. Okay, remember when we used to be allowed to do that? You know, right? It's like <laughs> going to a museum, uh, live ah. music, pubs, and uh, a cases. walk in the sunshine. That makes perfect sense because Dundee's a great place to go and do stuff. <laughs> agreed, agreed. It's sadly, you know, it's no longer it's the home of the, the legendary Groucho's um, second-hand music store. But even without that, hey, it's got a lot going on. So then uh, we're going to jump forward to this, the news that Young Enterprise Scotland, um, which is the organisation that looks after young people and, and tries to inculcate a sense of entrepreneurialism uh, among Scotland's young people, has partnered with Glasgow University to produce a couple of games that are uh, focused on, on introducing those kind of enterprise skills into young folks and help them become more business savvy. Now, as a podcast which has railed on and on and on and on about this very topic several times. This is great. And the fact that they're actually using games to, you know, as part of the educational process uh, is a fabulous thing. So it was a really, really great story to sort of kind of, to, to be able to introduce. Um, and Glasgow University, despite being one of the, the, the universities in Scotland that doesn't actually produce games graduates, has got so much going on to, when it comes to gaming. It, it's uh, There's some sort of award there that has to be handed out. The best non-games games university, or the best games non-games university, one of the two. It's when we when we launch the Scottish Games Awards, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, like we spoke about the sort of GG Lab back when we spoke to Gabe around the sort of Playway Festival, and we got to see some of the stuff that the current uh, postgrads are sort of studying. There is just a hell of a lot of good sort of game studies stuff going on in Glasgow Uni, and truly fascinating work about things that I'm just not clever enough to even think of, let alone research into. So, like you know, it's yeah, it's just like they're just doing a lot of really great stuff. Just piggybacking off of your point there, but definitely. And the thing that I thought was really cool about this young enterprise thing is it is like it's like the triple threat, right? That, as you say, like it's building games. I think that they're supposed to be out in the summer this year, but it's making games to educate about uh, kind of entrepreneurial skills or enterprising skills. So there's it's producing something, but also the process of making it is useful for the graduates who are currently working on it because they're, they're using students to make these like as part of their degree to make these games so like as giving them kind of graduate skills and business acumen while also making something that is is going to educate other people like it's sort of working on multiple fronts it just very i, I was reading it and thinking like this is very uh scottish games network ticking all the boxes i think the thing too with Young Enterprise Scotland that you can't really overstate is how much hard work and stuff they put in 
to these kinds of things. So I talked to Jeff back in March of last year, late March, sort of early April area, I think. And when we talked, the tone of the conversation was very much like if there are any businesses out there with, you know, old laptops, monitors, that kind of thing, like, can you send them to us? Because all of a sudden, kids aren't in school, they don't have access to that kind of thing. And so it's like they're rallying to get the tech into the hands of the people that need it. And it's cool to look at it a year later and see that, you know, they're now partnering with Glasgow University and, and they've got this other stuff on. Like, I think there's a, a, they're a very formidable social enterprise, right, to be able to pull all that together and keep pushing forward. And, and again, yeah, it's derailed a lot of businesses and a lot of projects. Well, it's innovation it, and, it, and it really ties into so much that's been going on across the whole of the country in, in the last few months because, you know, the, the recognition that the educational system is broken, that, uh, you know, the teaching of computing science just really isn't there. The fact that we're not producing the sort of the, the entrepreneurs that we need to, the, you know, the, the businesses capable of sustained success. Um, and so we've had a lot of stories that, you know, Scotland's new digital strategy, the fact that Mark Logan's going to be leading the implementation of his review and all the recommendations. And, and this absolutely fits perfectly into that. And you're, you're quite right. You know, Jeff and the team at, at Young Enterprise Scotland really should be congratulated for taking such a, a you know, an innovative approach to, to the problem because, sitting kids down and getting them to think, actually, you don't just have to be an employee. You can do this. Um, but more than just being encouraging, you know, the, the games themselves are helping them to sort of understand the process of running a business and make decision making. So, um, yeah, I'm tremendously encouraged. And, and it's so nice to see all of these different initiatives kind of popping up and, and coming together. So now we just need to kind of keep that momentum going pull them together and make sure that uh, every you know young person across the country has access to this kind of thing um and tying the games industry into all of these different sort of uh, programs and activities is something that that really has to happen sooner rather than later if we're going to make sure that all of the clever creative and technically skilled people in the games industry can contribute I have cool. nothing I killed to that add conversation. to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you were fairly comprehensive with that. And I was like, yes, I agree with that 100%. And I'm like, yeah, what else can I add? Yeah, I think you okay. put that tremendously eloquently there, Brian. So hats off to you. I'm not, just, I'm not just here for the uh, cool lockdown haircut. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I do actually read this shit. It's I, Well, I write this shit as well, but, you know, I do have to read it. Um so, so that also takes us on to the next news story, which was Raise Your Game, yeah. which is a program for creatives of all kinds, but does include uh, video games from our friends at Creative Edinburgh. And it's a program that takes place part-time over several weeks that actually introduces you to all of the skills that you need to be able to run a more successful creative business, whether you are a photographer, a writer, a musician, an artist, or indeed a games developer. And it's another example of the, the help and support that is out there for companies across the whole of the country. Now, it might be from Creative Edinburgh, but, you know, this is the kind of thing that really should be getting used by, you know, the students who are really interested in starting their own team or taking their skills forward as, as a new studio. Um, or indeed the narrative designers, audio designers, marketeers, Anybody who wants to build a creative business, this is this is the way to do it. Um, and it's a nice, simple, you know, well 
thought out little course that takes you th- through from your initial vision. What is it your company does all the way through to the filthy, filthy innards of how you make money out of this? Um, and you can jump in for the whole lot or you can jump in for single sessions and, you know, upskill yourself as and where you need to. So it's a great little program and we'd heartily recommend it for anyone out there who's interested in making video games as their livelihood. Yeah, I mean, not to bang the same drum we do near enough every week, but we constantly speak about how people who make games often don't think about, you know, the business side of things when they start their own studios or you know do, well, yeah start making their own games and so yeah like it's just always incredibly great to see just when new places are offering this sort of educational space to say this is how you do this like this is some support for you to make sure that your business sticks around and you know can keep producing the great stuff that you want to produce for sure um you should say as well that there are um, some funded places available for the course as well, right? Um, I think it's kind of, the, if you're in the rural areas around Edinburgh, so it kind of goes to the borders and various places, you can you can uh, get a funded place in this course. So, you know, you could be, in that respect, there's really no reason why you shouldn't do it. So definitely mm-hmm. look into it. Yeah, Fife, we're looking at you. <laughs> if you're talking about rural places around Edinburgh, you know, Glenrothes counts. I'm pretty sure. And <laughs> before anyone writes in, <laughs> yeah, before anyone writes in to complain, I'm from Fife. I'm allowed to make the jokes. You are not. Again, <laughs> Frankie Boyle, take note. Um, but uh, yeah, and and then we had uh, at the last of our six case studies that we created last year in conjunction with the team at Endgame. This time, looking at a really really interesting organisation called Remote Control Productions, and uh, that's a, a European company that that. Ex- that specializes in bringing together uh, game developers and um, helping them work together to actually pr- not only produce successful content and win contracts, but also to collaborate and, and actually take on much, much bigger projects. And that was their, um, you know, their first entry point into the UK market was in Dundee. And they chose Dundee for a very specific reason, which is it's got a thriving games community and, and cluster around it. But, you know, it's a couple of months after it started up, COVID happened and all the students ended up working remotely and, and elsewhere. So it's uh, an organization with huge potential and one that we hope to see kind of working very, very hard and and realizing its potential in the near future. Um, and again, if you want to, See an example of just the the real diversity and scale of the companies working in and around Dundee. We can't recommend it highly enough. And it's also incredibly well written, very well laid out and fascinating. And we can tell you that for sure because it's ours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And they they did some work with Hyperluminal, right? Uh, Well, Mark Logan, uh, no, Mark Lloyd, I beg your pardon, we've got Mark Logan on the brain. Uh, Mark Lloyd, who was uh, the the gentleman who founded RCP in Scotland, um, yeah, he was working with with Hyperluminal specifically to help them with a lot of the production, the management, and and really uh, instilling good cultural values and business practices within the studio. Because he literally wrote a book about it, you know, looking at crunch, looking at how you actually pull, 
you know, a team together and produce some really creative content without crunching, without creating a sort of a toxic environment. Um, thoroughly good guy, uh, really knows what he's talking about. And again, it's it's an idea whose time will come. But we just kind of need to get out of this pandemic thing first. But guys, we're not talking about the most important thing about the uh, about this company in particular, and that's the fact that they've got a really cool seventies inspired logo with the sort of browns and oranges, and that's the most important part of the whole story, right there. Well, your graphic design um, sensibilities, notwithstanding, yeah, I have to agree. I feel like I need to wear one of those shirts with the big sure. collars now. I feel like that's you know brown suit, nice colorful orangey colored shirt going on yeah no i feel like i think that's our dress code for work now just because we need to take a leap, uh, page out of their book don't knock shirts with big collars and flowery patterns because that is essentially 95 percent of my wardrobe that's what you say that's just all you that's, that's what that is so i, I can do flowery fun. patterns but don't try and put me in something orange i mean it just it just doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> it's well Duly noted, Seb, duly noted. It's like, as and when we do, it's the the official Scottish Games Network gathering. It's like, we'll make the dress codes, you know, smart, casual, maybe a little bit formal, but uh, no orange will be demanded. Sounds like a plan. It's, and then finally, uh, it's we, we came up uh, with the story that uh, we've kind of been keeping um, warm for the last few weeks. We knew it was coming, but Andrew... Tell us a little bit more about Dyslectic. Yeah, of course. So um, obviously, Ryan and Brian, both of you have, have uh, spoken to Ali a little about this before, but now it's it's finally out and, and you can implement it. So Dyslectic is Ali Lowe's uh, from Low Tech Games has made a, a Unity plugin, which basically immediately makes whatever game you're working on instantly more accessible to dyslexic players. And the way that it does that is that it gives you an ability to have any text in the game read out loud by a text-to-speech uh, software. Whatever, uh, if you're using a Mac or Windows, your built-in text-to-speech software is what it will use to read this text. And um, it's just got all sorts of kind of smart features to make that experience much easier if you're in a situation where reading a lot of text very quickly is, um, you know, difficult because there's so many people that it is a struggle, right? And um, he's uh, a part of the kind of press release for it. It was Ali kind of talking about his own experiences and how they inspired him and kind of um, led to his decision-making on some of the features and stuff, um, which we've talked a little bit about before. Um, yeah. And maybe someone who's not me <laughs> uh, has a better insight into that. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to talk about this because this is sort of something that's been near and dear to my heart, and I've been support uh, supporting this yeah. ever since I found out about it. Because like we spoke about this on the podcast before, um, I think literally in the last episode in the uh, in the description and show notes, I had a link to something showing how dyslexic I am. Uh, my let's play of uh, Zork was in there, and yeah, so. This is just, it's, it's a really cool uh, feature that he's added. And yeah, he's made it compl- very lightweight and easy to easy to add to your game. So it's it's friendly to developers and also friendly to, you know, players. It's just, Ali's been 
trying to address this problem of dyslexia in video games for a good wee while now. You know, like a few. Uh, he made this, uh, the familiar fairy tale, which you can get on Steam, which is this sort of text adventure game that tries to showcase how it's difficult for dyslexic players to play text-heavy video games. And after highlighting this problem and then sort of talking about it at things like Playaway Festival and drawing attention to it, he's made a solution. He hasn't just, you know, pointed at at a problem and bitched about it. He's actually went out and went, this is how you fix it, here you go. And I feel like this is tech that can sort of just only expand from here. You know, I feel like it's not uh, not too long until it is being, tech like this is being implemented across the board. Because it's just, you know, if more people can play your game, it's better for you and it's better for the players too. Well, this is a step yeah, in the right sure, direction. Sorry, on you go. Sorry, I think it's the delay again. No, no, no. It's yeah, it's okay. The 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 delay we we're used to, but it, you know, we're losing Ryan. You have to be a bit more fighty. Fight, fight um, for your chance to talk. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like especially look. If it's going to be me, I'm a gobshite, and Seb is is completely unafraid of jumping in on anything. So. You know, we don't want you to be the watermark in the background. I quite like the idea that once Ryan leaves, there's just going to be these long, awkward silences. People's like, where can I talk? Usually Ryan would have this. What happens now? (laughs) I mean, that's just because I'm a loudmouth. That's all that happens there. It's just, you know, I hear a silence and I'm like, I can start talking. I don't know where this conversation's going to go, but I'll take it somewhere. So but that's it, it's, and it's I think glue, I think there's three of us that are the same, <laughs> which is jump in, start talking, and somebody has to forcibly stop you <laughs> to get it. So good luck uh, editing this down, Andrew. Um, <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Where the fuck um, you you go with this? Anyway, you go. Well, I was just just going to say that, like I think, uh, like like you were saying about uh, being kind of the first step. I mean. The beauty about this the this tool is that it's like completely universal, and there is absolutely no reason why you shouldn't implement it. Unless you know, unless you are an enormous studio that has like the budget and uh, the manpower or person power, I suppose, <laughs> to um uh, to make this tool by yourself. You know, with your own like voice actors and like specifically, uh, you know you have a particular idea of a system in mind, but if you're anybody else, like here's a proven thing that works and takes five minutes to implement. Like it's absolutely ideal. Yeah. Just off the back of you speaking about, you know, sort of getting your own voice actors and it just reminded me about how you said, you mentioned earlier that it uses the onboard, um, the onboard text to speech on your PC, which means if you are someone who uses text to speech quite a lot, you know, and if like, if you have dyslexia, the chances are you probably do. If you've got a custom voice or whatever that you find, you know, better than just the the basic thing, it'll use that. So you don't need to, uh, you know, it's not just going to be sort of your bog standard. You know, if you have, I don't know, Homer Simpson narrating everything, then, you know, you'll probably get Homer Simpson in your video games. And who doesn't want more of that man in their life? Let's be honest. For sure. I think the key here, guys, there, there, there's two sort of big things. One is that this is now freely available on the Unity Asset Store, and it's 
low priced enough and universal enough that any developer can spend 20 odd euros and drop it into their game. And it makes it simple. It's so uncomplicated because, as you just said, it accesses the native text-to-speech on whatever hardware you're using. And that's the support for different devices, different platforms is going to come. Um, and Ali's already talking about taking it beyond dyslexia into other visual impairments, even through to you know blind players. So this is something that could really open up games for a huge number of people and for game developers. Um, and I really don't want to overlook the fact that um, Ali was helped. He got one of the R&D uh, vouchers from uh, the team at Endgame. And so this really allowed him to take the time to go and make a really valuable piece of technology that is now out there and available to game developers all over the world. So hats off to the team at Endgame. You know, they're doing some fantastically good work. And I think they just need that recognition to say, you know, they're out there, they're fighting the good fight and they're helping to make things better. Done. That's the news. It's, I feel like we should have the BBC, you know, but we don't. Actually, I think what we should do now is just uh, 90 minutes on the well, that's one hell of a way <laughs> to tank tone. Yeah, well done there, Brian. <laughs> yeah, you might want to edit that out, Andrew, unless you want death threats. <laughs> I I think used to... We're actually broadcasting our, our Zoom call in black and white. <laughs> and welcome to a very somber episode of the Scottish Games Network, which is a celebration of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that, I but... feel like we don't edit this out. What we do is just every time Brian speaks, we've just got beep. You know, she got like a sort of swearing beep over mm. the top of it. You know, it's like redacted. You know, but there, you can get the context from the rest of us, but you don't know exactly what he said. Oh, it's we're we're going to have to do an episode which is all, which is you know full on Scottish slash New Zealand swearing, and and we just absolutely you guys will win <laughs> hands down. Hands down, no one swears like the Scots. <laughs> we'll need to do uh, I am well, an objective opinion and uh, and you've not and seb you've not heard uh, ryan's real accent yet because he hides it when he's around humans oh yeah i like i said before you know aberdonians actually come from underground you know we're mole people so <laughs> you know, like, yeah you haven't heard the full doric yet <laughs> No, no, but we're going to say. I'm waiting, man. I'm waiting. Oh, do you know it only really comes out, you know, around horror games mainly. That's when, like, you know, if something jumps out and scares me, it goes full. You know, I, I don't even want. I don't even want to bring it out because I, I can't do it without just swearing profusely. But yeah, it's. <laughs> it's I have to spend a weekend it. drinking <laughs> with my little brothers before I come over. You know, the full fife. <laughs> fuck's sake, money. It. Uh, <laughs> It does happen. It does happen. Anyway, right. Okay. So now welcome to deciding the future of the Scottish Games Network podcast because we've hit a natural break point. Ryan is leaving us heartlessly swanning off back into the twilight and underground uh, caverns of Aberdeen. Despicable. It is. It is. And uh, we have Seb joining us. Now, now Seb, you're uh, podcasts were far more one-on-one, -on -one, far more in-depth, and each week you picked sort of one subject, one company, and you kind of really got down into the weeds, you know, who it is, what they do, how it works, why they're doing it, all of that kind of fun stuff. And when we went out and polled our readers slash listeners slash audience um, 
on social media, pretty much the majority of them said they really wanted that kind of thing. Now, now we also heard from Ali, who we were just discussing at Low Tech, who went, don't stop doing the, the news because I'm dyslexic and listening to it is way more fun than trying to read it. So I think there's a bit of a balancing act. But by and large, our audience said that they wanted to hear from game creators, developers, practitioners of all kinds from across the whole of Scotland's games ecosystem. So what do we think, guys? Do we tell them to go to hell and carry on this knockabout zany <laughs> group chat? Yeah, or do absolutely. we give the people what they tell us they want? Well, I, feel I like mean, you know, does, does anyone really want to risk pissing off gamers, right? That's the... That's what it comes down to, I think. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. this, you're, is, this you're... isn't a consumer. This isn't a consumer podcast. It's like <laughs> I know where each and every single one of our listeners lives slash works. So, you know, the shoe may be on the other foot. I was going to say you're new to the games industry. If you think there's a possible show that won't piss off gamers, because uh, for some reason everything does. You know, you can't make. Uh, it's not it's not even you can't make everyone happy you just can't make everyone not want to kill you is the real is the real sort of sentiment behind a gaming show but i feel like my opinions are a wee bit invalid on this conversation yeah because, shut up ryan yeah let's face it i'm not i'm not gonna be around so i mean oh but i could tank the show i could just start putting in like really bad ideas and try to like worm them into the show so then as i leave Sabotage. it goes downhill <gasps> oh no i won't do that this show's my baby i love it so i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let it like let it go downhill you know if if I need to come back in and start shouting at you guys to, you know, change things up, I'm more than happy to do so. <laughs> but again, we know where you live. And so we're going to force you to do it in a polite and constructive manner. Um, plus, anyway, you've already put a picture of a half-naked Josh Holloway into the video feed of this podcast. So I don't think there's an awful lot of depths for you still to plumb. At whose request was that picture of Josh Holloway put into that episode of the podcast? And if I told you to jump off a bridge, would you do it? Well, I mean, uh, good, uh, good point. I, I mean, you know, it's always orders has never been a good excuse. Like that, Sorry, Seb, go on. I, no, I was, I was just piling on saying it's always awkward when your boss says something like that. Even on the last day, you're kind of like, I mean, is this, is this a trap? I smell a trap, right? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, earlier in that same episode, I just, I put a, well, I think it's only like five seconds, ten seconds before I put a clip of Tim Curry shouting space in a terrible accent. So I couldn't really not fulfill your request if I'd just messed about with the episode like that. Good, you're the producer. You could have done whatever you wanted. Oh. And I would only have been aware of it when it went out. <laughs> oh, that's true. I, I really should have stopped running ideas by you and just been like, I know, I'm going to put something in right at the end to see if he's actually watched everything. <laughs> now you've learned something valuable for your next gig, which is never get anything signed off. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, it's easier to ask it. for forgiveness than permission. Yeah. Indeed. Which is essentially the operating ethos of the Scottish Games Network. <laughs> Welcome to the team, okay. Seb. We're very professional. <laughs> okay, I'm going to float an idea here, right? And it, and it's for discussion. This is not me saying this is how it's going to be. I think what we need to do is look at varying 
things a bit because a lot of the more in-depth discussions that we've we've done with people um starting all the way back when you when you joined us at the beginning of the year Ryan with Catriona from uh, Day of the Dead I think there's an awful lot of value I think there's a lot of interest in doing things that are more in-depth and talking to people who are actually working designing developing making supporting video games and hearing from a lot of the people across the country that we never otherwise hear from um and not just in the development community but out into game studies academia education and everything you know one of the most fascinating talks at the playway festival and one of the best interviews we've done was with uh gabe elvery and i thought that was incredible and and so much interesting information and uh, the chat that you and i had with uh matthew barr Andrew, you know, there are some really clever people out there and I, for one, want to hear more from them. So I would like to suggest that what we do is we kind of switch the formats around and we start doing more in-depth pieces like the one you did with Elton in. Um, and then we take this format and maybe move it to monthly. So, you know, we have weekly or bi-weekly chat with the great and the good and the up and coming and the interesting people out there um and being honest with you guys i think it's going to be like pulling teeth because uh you know getting some of the people in the in the games industry to talk to you at all is difficult getting them to talk to you on the record is nearly impossible getting them to talk to you live and recorded you might as well you know try kidnapping one of their children it might be a ransom demand is the only way that you're actually going to get this out of them but i'm willing to give it a go what do you think yeah i mean i think it sounds great right i think that we've I mean, we know people like it not to you know toot my own horn too much or anything but it's a you know i think of one thing too that makes it so that this is different obviously it's not a consumer podcast but a lot of games industry podcasts are people's opinions right? As you guys well know, and as everyone listening well knows. And so it's quite, it's always slightly odd for me as a podcast consumer, because it's people being like, oh, I expect that the Switch Pro will be out this year. But you don't know that, you know, or like, oh, there's a new skin in Fortnite. Like, what does that mean for Sony's brand? Well, what it means is they're going to make a shit ton of money. There's not, you know, any sort of like business now. So I, I quite like the idea of bringing, you know, depth and perspective and business now to, to the space in a way that, you know, it's easily accessible to people. That's why you're here, Seb. See, Ryan, this is how a proper journalist does it. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cheated, though. I, you know, I've been doing this shit for years. So, um, yeah, no, I definitely think that's a good, a good direction to take this in. I think we've spoken about this before on this very show about how we're in a unique position that we're like we can provide an insight that no one else really is providing and that has kind of been sort of contained to the the bonus episodes and the sort of the youtube channel and yeah i think it's well worth exploring that in more depth i would propose a sl an idea though and i think we should keep Shut up brian ah oh well <laughs> I think we should keep a weekly news roundup, even if that's just on the YouTube channel and it's just, you know, like a case of like a five minute thing every week. And it's just, you know, us recapping it in the same way that like a radio news out, like news sort of bulletin goes, just to keep that sort of accessibility and yeah, sort of keep, uh, yeah, keep that sort of side of the show because I feel like that's a very important thing, you know, that we've stumbled across. I don't think that was ever 
our intention. We just, when we started planning this show, we're kind of like, oh, well, it makes sense that we cover the things we spoke about and sort of discuss it in a wee bit more depth or, you know, discuss our opinions on it. And that was just sort of natural idea for the SGN podcast. But now that we know that there's some, well, yeah, that there are people who want that, it's definitely worth keeping it around, even if it is not keeping it in this show in particular, but taking it off into something else. And that's someone at my door, so I hate to tell you, but uh, that's going to be a bitch <laughs> to edit. <laughs> that's okay, we'll just cut you completely. Yeah, um, just... just Andrew, leave the bits in where I tell Ryan to shut up, but don't, you know, don't have any of Ryan's bits. Just white noise sure. over the top of me. <laughs> cool. Okay, so... We're now proposing the SGN News Bulletin happening on a weekly basis uh, where we actually give all the lovely people out there an opportunity to find out more about what we've actually been writing about, what's been happening over the course of the week. I like that. And then it's uh, making the podcast far more in-depth, one-to-ones, the interviews that we're talking about, the stuff that you've been doing, Seb, and, you know, I, Andrew and Ryan as well, um, and, and kind of kicking it up a notch. See, that's interesting because this is this is our discussion. This is kind of where we're at right now. Um, and what would happen on any normal podcast, which is going out to a consumer audience, this is where you say, but what do you folks think? We'd love to hear from you. However, as we all know, uh, our particularly reticent industry and indeed ecosystem can be a little shy um, and unforthcoming. But that's not going to work this time, people, because... We've tried. We've tried asking you to leave ratings and reviews. Nothing. We've tried asking you for feedback on all the social channels. It's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Nothing. Apart from you, Kristen, and you, Ali. You are both gentlemen, and we love you dearly. Um, but this, this time, we're going to have to do this. We're going to have to ask directly. Or do we? You know, as the jam famously said, the public want what the public get. I think we should just do this and not go out and, and pander to, you know, the audience um, and see what happens. What do you say, guys? How about seizing control of our own destiny? <laughs> for sure. It's like Ryan was saying a minute ago, uh, you know, do it and then ask for permission afterwards, right? Yeah, it's very punk rock of you. I love it. Don't wait for the light to go green, right? Just get amongst. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Okay. Right. I'm aware that it is now half past six in the evening. The, the twilight shadows are stretching across the Scottish landscape. And uh, I'm going to go and sit on my front step and drink cooking alcohol. Uh, <laughs> it's Shaoxing wine. It's fine. It's still middle class. Um, <laughs> it's all I've got left. It, honestly. So that's us, folks. That brings us to the end of Ryan's last Scottish Games Network podcast in an official capacity. Don't Any last those. words, Ryan? Uh, I wish I'd prepared something, but no. Oh, shut up, Ryan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. Last words, please. Oh, well, I mean, last thank you, everyone, for listening and sharing and, you know, all that amazing stuff. It's been a blast working at SGN. It's been just, yeah, it's been an invaluable experience. And I look forward to seeing what I do in the future with you guys. Uh, and I know I'm leaving the show in incredibly capable hands, so I look forward to seeing it from the outside in. You know, I want to see what's what what's to come, if I'm honest. 
time and, to watch the know, train wreck instead of be part of the train wreck exactly <laughs> well that's it you know it's always more fun to watch the do the car crash instead of being in it you know <laughs> Yeah, just don't look back at the explosion. You're, you're all good. No, that's it. The sunglasses are going on. I'm going to, you know, cool guys don't look at explosions. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell have I started? Okay. Uh, thanks, Ryan. No, um, and I mean that most so sincerely. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like that you were doing the big wink there, you know, so the audience <laughs> didn't see it. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, it's this wouldn't have happened without you. So thank you again. Yeah. Um, we'll miss you. But as I say, this isn't it's, this isn't the last we're going to see of you. So you're welcome back anytime. Every moment and has been a pleasure. Plus, what the hell else are you going to do during lockdown in Aberdeen? I mean, come on. Well, that's uh, you know, I mean, I could burrow back underground, I suppose. But hibernation time's kind of <laughs> over now. So, uh, uh, yeah, I reckon I'll probably stick around the SGN for a wee while longer. <laughs> yeah, the, the snow must have nearly melted in Aberdeen. Nearly. <laughs> I mean, we're always a frozen wasteland, but yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> okay, so that brings us to the end of this week's podcast, folks. Thank you again for your time and attention. Uh, we are going to be asking you for your thoughts and opinions, as always. Uh, you can find everything that we've written on the Scottish Games Network website. We also spread out across all of the uh, most popular social channels, apart from Instagram, because I can't actually automate that yet. I'm looking into Does that it, mean there's a TikTok with Brian doing dances? <sighs> Fuck, Seb, why weren't Ryan's you on the team face. while... I, oh, why weren't you on the team while I was doing my... Because my <laughs> Brian doesn't answer his emails. <laughs> oh, no. It's, well, if anyone can make TikTok, TikTok even more popular, it would be me, Dad, dancing. I, I can't imagine anything that would be more of a draw <laughs> for other middle-aged men. I don't know. Well, this has been truly inspirational. Oh, um, love you, Brian. And so for the last time, I'd like to just once again say, shut up, Brian. Oh, can we get that on T-shirts? <laughs> I think we have to. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll, 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 start, we'll start a dropship store. We did have a Scottish Games dropship store and then Spreadshirt shut it down. And I can't think why. Um, probably because all of the shirts were just curse words in various type font, uh, typefaces. Um, yes, anyway, that's another thing. So... Before we go, we're going to uh, have our weekly spotlight. And this week, the spotlight shines very, very brightly on our own Mr. Andrew Gordon. Andrew, <sighs> what is the spotlight on this week? Uh, I'm blinded by the spotlight. It's just uh, a little bit too much. Uh, this week, uh, I'm here to show for my own music. Uh, so I'm, I, I'm very glad to have an opportunity to talk to somebody about it because <laughs> somebody has to listen to it at some point. Uh, yeah, so I play in a band called Late Fees. I say play. We've mostly existed in lockdown, so we've barely played anywhere. But um, we have recorded some music and we have a new song, which came out last Friday, called Stay In. And we very uh, interestingly decided to release a song called Stay In on exactly the same day that the... Uh, relaxing of lockdown restrictions was announced uh so that's we're very much timing timing is our thing but i promise you the song has nothing to do with the pandemic it's just an unfortunate coincidence and that's a pitch that's how you pitch your song <laughs> it's Wait, an unfortunate coincidence now that's on the front cover right there you need to add that to the, <laughs> the artwork 
Now, here's a better pitch. Uh, it's been played by Jim Gellatley, uh, who's you know, a long, long-standing Scottish DJ. He, you know, found Snow Patrol and the Fratellis and people, so he has some kind of a, uh, his, he, he knows his music, basically, is what I'll say. So he's played it, and uh, we got played on BBC Rapple as well, the um, Gaelic BBC music show. So other people have listened to it, therefore... It's definitely listenable, I hope. And and Andrew won't say this because he's too humble, but it's fucking good. So go listen to it. The link will be, you know, in the show notes. I wouldn't I, use such. Where do the words. nice listeners? Where do the nice listeners find it, Andrew? And more importantly, where do they find ah, it so okay. they can give you money? Ah, well, they can definitely give me money on Bandcamp. So if you go to latefees.bandcamp.com, you can. If you choose to pay what you want, you can. You can. Get, throw 50p whatever you want for the song but uh you can also stream it in all the usual places so we're on spotify as late fees apple music those places and yeah uh on all the social media it's late fees band you'll find us terrific Thanks, Brian. <laughs> god if it was only this easy to get game developers to talk about their games so easily well but i mean any- in that case, it's we'd like have to study. start a podcast, get about 12 episodes in, and then ask them to start talking about it. So, I, I mean, are we willing to do that for every developer in Scotland? Shut up, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still wanting the t-shirt. <laughs> well, it's like, believe it or not, it's the Scottish Games um, dropship t-shirt website it used to have a t-shirt that that had who the fuck is Brian Baglow written on it. Oh, I would wear that <laughs> oh, every I, single yeah. day. I'd wear the that to is, every gaming event I ever went to. You know? <laughs> well, so this this goes back to 2012 or 13, and I went to an IGDA Scotland event in Edinburgh, and it, it's I, I was chatting away to somebody, and uh, this this guy, I think he was a student, went, I'm sorry, who are you? And the person I was talking to went, did you just ask Brian Baglow who he is? And so, yeah, I was inspired to go and, and create a T-shirt with who the fuck is Brian Baglow written on it. Um, the best bit was I sold six of them. Um, and I only know who two of them went to. One was my little brother and one, one was my ex. So it was, yeah, uh, bizarre. So there are four people out there who have got one of these T-shirts that I've never seen in the world. If, if you own one of the four missing, one of the four legendary <laughs> missing who the fuck is Brian Baglow t-shirts, please get in touch. I will happily pay a handsome fee for it. <laughs> it's like stick it up on Instagram or social media and it's we'll, we'll organise some sort of prize. It's Hashtag possibly, fan Brian. Yeah. <laughs> possibly you waking up, it's like uh, with, a, a, with a needle mark in your arm Um with your t-shirt missing and uh, Ryan running <laughs> chuckling into the night. Anyway, okay, that's enough. We were supposed to finish this 13 minutes ago and we failed again. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah. It's like <laughs> that way cooking wine is not going to drink itself. <laughs> that, that is very true. Um, but anyway, so thanks again, Ryan. It has been a, an absolute pl- privilege. Seb, thanks so much. Looking forward to hearing more from you. Andrew, we hope that this is a suitable alternative when the rock and roll career fails to take off. <laughs> And I am here weekly, folks, drinking cooking wine uh, on my front step in Trinent. Uh, Classy as ever. ever. And not 
there's a reason I'm not, you know, calling this in from my super yacht in the harbour at Cannes. And it's my winning personality. <laughs> Keep that classy Scottish games cluster. That was what you said. Yeah, you need to start doing the Ron Burgundy sign off now. <laughs> stay classy. Uh, you stay classy, Scotland. Um, so, until the next time, I've been Brian. I've been Ryan. I've been Andrew. And I'm still Sib. Perfect. Boom. Done.